Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. New York and most of the country. Um, kind of interesting how everything has changed, but not changed at the same time, <laughs> except for the way people are working and eating dinner and, you know, not doing anything anymore. Wonder why the economy is falling apart, right? So it's been a whirlwind since I recorded last Thursday. Um, I'm recording on Wednesday evening this time because it's actually quiet. If you hear any noise in the background, it's because the Shower is running from my other sister, Addison. I'm sitting on the couch today. Hopefully it's a lot better. I won't get as many interruptions. I already told Beats, you know, continue playing her video game in her room. I just got finished working at 8 o'clock, so I am straight chilling on the couch right now. Um, Making use of my time in between phone calls because, you know, as a CSR for a call center, it just never stops sometimes. But today was kind of a little... Slow Wednesday evening, which is okay. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So it seems like spring is the season where everything comes back to life, including people, places, and things. Unfortunately, due to Corona, that's not going to be the case with a lot of places. I'm sure, uh, you know, Florida operates on its own wavelength. Like it's not even part of the U.S., but that's not for me to judge. Because most of the time I'm out there doing whatever I want anyway. But actually, I haven't really left the house. And I actually had to start my car yesterday because I legit had not gone anywhere in a week. So like this past Sunday was like a week since I'd been out anywhere. Because the last time I went out was with D and Beats. And we went to the store. We looked at Beals, which is kind of a cool store. It's kind of like uh, Marshall's, TJ Maxx, Kohl's kind of situation. Um, very cool in there. I just like to go and look and walk around. I don't really buy anything. Um, so this morning, what's funny is, is usually I have lately, I haven't had much motivation to get up out of bed. And today with the less amount of sleep I've gotten, cause I'm, I've been getting eight hours of, out of hours of sleep a night, Jesus. And you think with the talking I've done all day today that I can just form words. And for some reason, my brain's failing me right now. So we'll see how this podcast goes, but right now it's kind of trash. (laughs) Um, so, uh, now I don't even know what I'm saying, but anyway, (laughs) that's usually how that goes. Um, so, oh yeah, right. No motivation to get up in the morning really. Cause you know, my workstation is right behind me where I'm sleeping. So, um, (laughs) I don't usually do anything in the morning, but with the eight hours of sleep I get, it makes me more tired. I don't know if that's how you feel after you get too much sleep. Like if you take a nap for too long, it feels like you just need to sleep for the rest of the night because that's it. People who suffer from depression don't ever feel like they get enough sleep. So this is not for y'all. This is not for you. 
So, so lately I've been sleeping a little too long and I've been getting up and just laying there for a little while today. I had motivation to get things done because guess what? Out of body wash as of last night, like sounded like the bottle was farting at me while I was trying to get the last dregs of it out. So I went and I got new body wash and shampoo today because believe it or not, the infusium 23 I was using was taking my hair from me. Like my hair was falling out in the shower and I'm like, all right, I'm not stressed out enough for stress to be taking my hair. So it has to be whatever's in that shampoo. So I said, let's for ha-has switch out my shampoo last night and see how it goes. So of course I treat, I swapped my shampoos for my regular stuff that I use to smooth my hair out. And lo and behold, only two strands, not 50 were in my hand last night. So problem solved, but I'm very concerned with how my hair is going to look now when I straighten it (laughs) because I haven't all week because nobody's seeing me anymore. So the only people that see me are the people who I snap on Snapchat. And my hair always looks a mess. I haven't done my makeup. It's kind of like weird now to not have to do yourself up every morning. Like put your face on, put your warm makeup on and ready to fight everybody. <laughs> like I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like the soccer mom who brings half eaten snacks to the, to the soccer meet. <laughs> That's who I am. Or who forgets to bring food to the soccer meet. That's who I am. Anyway, so enough of that. But just to let you know, six hours of sleep gets me doing errands more than eight hours of sleep does. So I was very proud of myself today. I got a lot done and I even clocked in on time. Anyway, so we have been watching, my sister and I, Addison, have been watching the Paranormal Activity movies. She's been more into horror lately and I'm the only one that really digs it like that to be watching it almost every night. So this whole past weekend, we watched the Paranormal Activity movies, we watched Mercy Black, we watched, um, what else did we watch? Hmm. What else did we watch, damn it? We watched Unfriended, okay. So, I gotta tell you, (laughs) the Paranormal Activity movies, like there's something these movies all have in common, and you know what that is? Nobody shuts their bedroom door. Nobody shuts their bedroom door. And that's what makes me laugh is that through one, I, oh, I got to tell you that if I'm scared of something, my door is shut. Okay. My door is shut regardless if I'm sleeping next to someone or I'm alone, that door is shut. Okay. Who sleeps with the door open like a true psychopath? If you do, I don't know how we're friends because I will not stand for that. You're not going to have the door open near me, ma'am. And think that I'm going to be just chilling in the same room with you over it. Uh Uh-uh. Let me see this here. I don't know why this. Whatever. I was trying to open a link here because I copied. There we go. Because I am trying to make sure that everything blends together when I tell this story. So so we watched. um, So Paranormal Activity and Mercy Black have one thing in common. Well, all these scary movies is that nobody shuts the doors. I've already said that to you. So Mercy Black, I'd never seen this movie before, never heard of it before, but it sometimes when you get a match on Netflix, you want to see what it's about. So it was a 73. Now, not great, not terrible. It's like a C rating of a movie. And I don't really care what the rating of the horror movie is. It's horror. I'm watching it. So 
this movie shows, oh my God, this movie shows these two girls taking their third friend into the woods, stabbing her, cutting off her left ring finger and sacrificing it to this entity called Mercy Black. Okay. So one of the girls following that incident, one of the girls is named Marina. She's the main character of this movie. So she's been in a rehab facility for 15 years after that happened. Okay. Her family's well known for what happened. It's small town nonsense where if you take a step in the wrong direction, everybody knows. So everybody knew her family. Everybody knew what her mother went through because her mother died of cancer, I believe. And they created this creature, Mercy Black, to protect them from anything bad that could possibly happen. But in order to do that, there is a sacrifice of either blood or a body part or both, which seems to have been both in this movie's case. (laughs) So, of course, I have to wonder, is she imagining this shit or is this shit real? What is it? So they keep showing flashbacks of them when they're younger, and then they show current times of her being older and all the same hauntings and shit and killings now are happening. And she believes it's due to this Mercy Black thing. And nobody believes her because, of course, they assume she's crazy for what happened all that time ago with that girl in the woods. So, (laughs) flash to her having a nephew who starts seeing the same shit. And of course, he, the librarian asks if he wants to look up that information, which number one, the kid looks like he's five. Why are you going to show him something that's going to give him nightmares? Is it because you don't have to deal with that shit later? Or is it because you're a crazy person? Stay tuned. So of course, we, we see the brother, the little boy, the nephew start to see Mercy Black and see weird things happening around him and He claims that this thing, his friend that he says is annoying in the movie, like from the jump, this kid does not like this other fat kid that he's hanging out with. And he even tells Marina. So, of course, he's playing with him one day and the boyfriend, his mother's boyfriend, (laughs) um, I guess starts running his mouth. And, you know, the little boy says that, oh, my dad says that your mother's a whore or whatever because she likes to sleep with everybody. Say so this family has like not the greatest reputation, but it's all hearsay. So it's not really for this little boy to be repeating what his parents are saying. Um, Apparently his parents ain't shit because they didn't teach him that. But uh, (laughs) there should be a pact between children that whatever they say, whatever's heard in the house is not for them to repeat to other people. I thought that was an unspoken rule. I don't think I've ever been at that age where I didn't understand to not repeat something another adult said. I think maybe when I was eight, I said the word pussy during a trip with my mother. And she told me, never say it again. And of course, I said, why? What does it mean? And she never told me until, you know, you grow up one day and, you know, your pussy is your vagina. (laughs) So anyway, I call it a coochie or a kitty cat. (laughs) So if you ever hear me say that shit, I'm talking about my downstairs area. But, um... So basically, this kid gets fed up or Mercy Black takes over, takes control of the situation and has this guy, this little, this little kid who's probably like waist high on me and I'm short, waist high and has him strap this kid to a chair talking about let's play uh, cops and robbers or some shit or break in or something like that. And, uh, the, uh, (laughs) the little boy Ties like a noose around this kid's neck, then duct tapes him down to a chair 
and he ties the rope to the doorknob and then starts screaming for his mother. This kid's a goddamn evil genius. So, of course, when the mom goes to open the door, the, the rope pulls on the kid's neck, thereby hanging him. So, he's yelling for his mom like a bat out of hell, whatever, hoping that she answers him just so that he could hang this kid and get him to shut up or whatever. And then he's like screaming, screaming, screaming. His mom's trying to open the door. And then I think he finally snaps out of his trance or whatever and notices what he's doing is wrong. Because then he's like, she made me do it. Like, Mercy Black made me do it. And, of course, the the aunt is like, oh, my God, what? And then the hauntings and shit start getting worse and worse. And then, of course, there's a spoiler that I'm not going to do because everybody gets pissed off. But it's called Mercy Black. It's on Netflix. And um, (laughs) so, you know, there's something funky with the librarian. I'm just going to say that. But... The thing that bothered me is that this girl has PTSD and like a little bit of schizophrenia razzle-dazzled in there. And this idiot is sleeping with her bedroom door open. And I'm like, okay, if I know I have like a little bit of psychotic tendencies, I'd want to keep that to myself in my bedroom. (laughs) Okay. I don't want anything that I am seeing getting to me. And there's a bathroom scene where she's taking a bath and freaking hands come out of nowhere. And I'm like, Yeah, this is not good (laughs) because, and what's funny is Janine Garofalo is in it as the therapist of this chick and she doesn't look like herself. She looks like some crazy lady I've never seen before. So she's in it. Stuff happens to her (laughs) clearly, but, um, telling you, watch out for that librarian. Number one, because never show kids shit that they're not old enough to handle. Okay. And, um, So yeah, like I said, I would be keeping my crazy PTSD schizo screaming shit to myself and keeping that bedroom door shut just in case I decide to scream in the middle of the night and scare everybody. So that's one instance in which I don't understand why the bedroom door is open. Second instance, well, this I can understand why the bedroom door open is in the first one. Why the bedroom door is open in the first one. And it's because in Paranormal Activity 1, it's a couple who is being plagued by some ghost shit. There's like a ghost spirit situation happening in that house and they're trying to record all the activity and everything. So they um, leave their bedroom door open with a camera pointed at it. If you haven't seen it, it's really old, so I'm going to need you to get it together. Especially if you're my audience. You know I ruin movies all the time. Lori, you're not going to watch this movie, so shut up. So... And yeah, I have to yell at her because she yells at me about, you know, spoiling movies for her. And I'm like, but they're not anything you would watch. And if you haven't watched it, you have the opportunity to pause this podcast, wait a minute, watch the movie and come back and then laugh at what I'm saying anyway. So chill, Laura. Anyway, so they have this camera pointed at their bedroom door and they, um, they're recording everything that happens. And can I just tell you? When I sleep in bed, I'm doing comparisons here because I want you to understand why I'm angered by this shit. They're sleeping in bed with like just a fitted sheet. There's no blanket. There's no extra layer of protection over them. So like easily dead, easily stabbed, easily dead. So of course, um, (laughs) so my first thing is, is quite the sociopath these two are sleeping with just a fitted sheet because I don't care if I'm sweating or not. I'm under a blanket. So 
fitted sheet door open, like bedroom door open. That's like a double whammy of nonsense. So they deserve to be haunted at this point. So the fact that they have a ghost slash spirit slash demon following them around is just more proof of how stupid they are. And Paranormal Activity 2 kind of just showed camera around the house because they set up, the family gets, this is the sister of the chick in the first one. And the way they did this, though, was so ridiculous because it the order of the movies is like Paranormal 3, 2, and then 1 in the turn of events. Like, I see why they did it that way, but if you're going to watch this movie, you got to watch the third one first. Because that's when uh, Katie and Christy, those are the sisters, they shows when they're younger. Then the second movie shows, like, Christy getting haunted by this thing. And then the first movie shows Katie getting haunted by it. So it's kind of like a, like, chronologically speaking, it would go three, two, one. So that's just my suggestion. If you're going to watch them, watch them in the order I'm telling you. I don't know where four falls into it. Um, I forget what it's called anyway. It's like Paranormal Activity, the somethings. (laughs) I don't know. But what they do in that movie is they make it seem like they traveled to Katie's house, which is why you hear her screaming at the end of it. Because there's like people in her house that she doesn't understand are in there or whatever, or the spirit has possessed her in front of this kid. Who knows? Anyway, you will hear at the end of the first one, two voices screaming. And it's either the demon that is hanging out with that family or it's the little, it's the teenage boy who somehow parallel, like transported himself through some kind of portal and went into that house. So that movie is weird as fuck. And I just talked myself into a circle and I don't even know where I'm at now. So the second one, the second one was okay. The second one had me mad though, because the, the nanny in the second one is Spanish And she realized something was up in that house when she was watching the baby, the little boy that Christy just gives birth to at the beginning of the movie. So they kicked her out, but she was like trying to cleanse the house with sage and stuff. So it's like you kicked out the only person that has enough awareness of the situations of spirituality to protect your asses because you don't believe in it, which is fine because I get into this conversation with people a lot. You don't really have to believe in it, but in order for things like that to work for your own protection, you honestly really should believe in the person who believes in it because you might need them someday. And I'm not trying to be funny or anything because I believe in a spiritual entity and I believe in spirits and demons and all that stuff. And, you know, you probably, you probably think I'm crazy, which is fine. You should think I'm crazy for other reasons than this, but, um, yeah, um, you're going to need those people who believe in that shit. Trust me. There's a lot of us, you know, people who believe in that stuff. And it's a long bloodline of people, to be honest with you, if I'm being perfectly fair towards others who do believe in that stuff. Um, It comes from a long line of celebration and embracing that part of your life. And like I said, you don't have to believe in it. But like, if you, if you're into the scientific side of it, maybe look at it from a scientific standpoint. Or make it make sense to you. Like, I don't need to prove that these things exist. If you have an interest in them, take it from a scholarly advantage. Look at it that way. Make it like your project or hobby or something and read up on it. Because you never know. You may have experienced something like that and you just don't know what to call it. 
Like deja vu. I'm not sure I understand. People, wow, okay. I don't need Siri. I don't need her. So I don't know why she's talking. Um, she didn't understand either, apparently. So, But, <laughs> for example, people believe in deja vu. Now, there's reasons why people believe in it. And deja vu has a lot to do with either having dreamt up a situation you're currently in or you dream of a situation that could possibly happen and then you're given the choice to either live through that or not. Like the choices you make get you to where you're supposed to be in life and deja vu is like a complete circle of you having been in the right place at the right time or it tells you it's an indicator of you being exactly where you need to be at that point in your life. And I believe in deja vu. So if you believe in deja vu, but you don't believe in like spirit stuff, I feel like that's a little off kilter and maybe we need to reevaluate some things. But you're also listening to this podcast and me rambling while sitting on the couch right now. I'm very relaxed. It's actually a very nice breeze coming through this window. And it's going to make me not want to work out today, but I know I'm going to have to. I know I have to. Because I did it yesterday and I felt good. So... So with Mercy Black, guys, what I wanted to talk about was how similar it is to the Slender Man stabbing, which is what I was trying to organize my thoughts into before. So let's get into Slender Man. So Mercy Black was something made up. Now, here's my other thing with Mercy Black. My thing is, is that, yes, these kids went, these kids went through a hardship of some kind and created this thing to protect them. So the fact that they included like blood sacrifice or a ritual is not exactly thrilling to me. Like, I don't understand why was their life so bad that they needed to call upon an external being to protect them. But let's just not get into that because who even knows? Nobody can answer that question, but these kids. So it made me look up the Slender Man stabbing because it was almost adjacent to what happened with these girls in Washington, um, Wisconsin, excuse me. So I'm going to read a little bit of this to you. I know you guys don't like that, but I didn't have enough time to do a summation of it where it would actually be interesting. So on May 31st, 2014, and I don't even know how to say this, Waukesha, Washington, two 12-year-old girls lured their best friend Peyton Lautner whatever, Lutner into the woods and stabbed her 19 times in an attempt to become proxies of the fictional character Slenderman. The victim crawled to a road where she was found and, re- and recovered after six days in the hospital. The perpetrators were found not guilty by mental disease or defect and committed to mental health institutions for sentences of 25 and 65 years, respectively. So this girl <clears throat> was stabbed 19 times and somehow made it to the side of a road somewhere. First of all, the, you know, the amount of adrenaline you'd probably have to have in your body to freaking continue to move or exist after being stabbed 19 times. I can't even imagine being stabbed once and not just laying there like, well, this is it. Or, you know, like cracking your neck in a way that you're like, oh, must be paralyzed now. (laughs) Um, could you imagine 65 years when you're 12, you have to stay in a mental health institution because you stabbed some, you know what though? That's fair. I'm not even questioning that. So here, here's a little bit of this. If you didn't know, I'm sure a lot of people know what Slender Man is, but I'm going to do this anyway. 
Slender Man is a fictional entity created on the Something Awful online forums for a 2009 Photoshop paranormal image contest. The Slender Man mythos was later expanded, or mythos, whatever, was later expanded by a number of other people who created fan fiction and additional artistic depictions of the entity. Slenderman is a tall, thin character with a featureless white face and head. He is depicted as wearing a black suit and is sometimes shown with tentacles growing out of his back. According to Slenderman mythos, mythos, I don't know. How about just myths, okay? Stop fucking with the English language. According to Slenderman myths, stupid Wikipedia, the entity can cause amnesia, bouts of coughing, and paranoid behavior in individuals. He's often depicted hiding in forests or stalking children. First of all... (laughs) Okay. I have amnesia, bouts of coughing, and paranoid behavior all on my own. I do not need this thing near me at all. Okay. I'm telling you, we must have all been touched by this guy at some point, Slender Man, to be acting the way we act about certain things. Okay. So that's, that's part one. <laughs> part two. So let's see. So the two chicks that stabbed this girl were named Anissa and Morgan. Anissa Weir and Morgan Geyser. 12 years old at the time of the stabbing and were classmates enrolled in the same school. School's principal later confirmed that neither Weir nor Geyser had any prior disciplinary issues. Could you imagine? So these girls who went to school and were just chilling and being normal kids freaking go and decide to stab their friend 19 times. No warning, nothing. So it says the actual attack took place in a nearby forest during a game of hide and seek on May 31st, 2014. Lutner... I don't know how to say this name. L-E-U-T-N-E-R was pinned down and stabbed 19 times in the arms, legs, and torso with a kitchen knife with a five-inch long blade. Two wounds were to major organs. One missed the major artery of her heart by less than a millimeter, and another went through her diaphragm, cutting into her liver and stomach. Weir and Geyser told Lutner they would find help, but they did not get any upon leaving. Afterwards, she dragged herself to a nearby road where she was found by a cyclist. The cyclist called 911 when he saw her. Oh my God. So these, these two, so these two girls are smart enough to commit this act, but not smart enough to ditch the weapon because it says (laughs) the knife used in the stabbing was in a bag they were carrying when they were found at a furniture store. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to explain why I'm laughing because the situation is not funny. It's the consequences of the actions that, you know, are not realized by these girls. First of all, how how weak do you have to be to be influenced into doing something like this? When I was a kid, nobody could convince me to do shit. Okay? And you still can't convince me to do anything because here we are. I did this. I'm building this brand all on my own here. Because nobody can tell me I can't. How's that? Nobody's telling me I can't. And you're also not going to convince me to stab a friend of mine for a, for a fake thing, for something that's fake. And then to have to go and explain that to other kids, that this shit is not real. Don't do this. Anyway, so Geyser felt no empathy. Weir was described as feeling guilty for the stabbing the victim, but felt that the attack was needed. Oh, what? <laughs> so the attack was needed to appease Slender Man. Okay, well, she should go too. They both went. Oh my god. So they did an appeal and aftermath, but who really cares other than the fact that something tragic happened to a little girl for being friends with horse. Being friends with two hookers. Two bad children. 
who don't know any better. Whose parent? Where are their, Where are your parents? <laughs> like when I hear stuff like this, it's like, where are your parents? Where were your parents when this was happening? Like, yeah, internet really can't be controlled anymore because kids will find ways to get around it now, especially with kids having smartphones and such and everything else that's taken over our lives, really. Like, there's nothing really we can control anymore because now we have the internet. <laughs> but that's a thing for another day. And then they even came out with a stupid movie for Slender Man, which I don't even want to get into because I watched it and it was kind of stupid. I'm telling you, I don't really care about the rating of the movie. I will watch it. So in any case, that Mercy Black shit. Like, can we not do copycat films either? Like Mercy Black and Slender Man being almost identical to each other in the way the things were done. Except for the fact they didn't cut the chick's finger off, but there were still stabbings involved. So let's see. Oh, so the next thing, <laughs> another thing that was pretty irritating was um, the survivor cues and Dead by Daylight, man. It's like waiting at the DMV. It's like, it's like watching another table get their food before you do. Like who is in charge of these algorithms for these cues? You would think they would be better. Like if you try and play, if you're playing during the afternoon, it is on and popping. Everybody's playing. It is moving quite quite readily along, okay? They actually just came out with a new um, PTB, and they're updating. And they added another killer called the Trickster. And it's some dude, he's a K-pop guy, who can fucking ricochet knives. So I was like, oh, dude, he can ricochet knives? It's over. Like, they're making these killers more and more harder to survive. <laughs> Which is cool because I was talking to one of my friends who used to play and he was saying that, uh, he was saying that, um, he was thrilled with the fact that it wasn't more horror killers. Like it was a non horror killer. So I was like, all right, I see that. I can understand that because he's a scaredy cat, but he still plays it. Like I remember playing with him and when we used to play against the witch, she sets up traps on the ground so she can teleport to them. And what made me laugh is we were playing and fucking it snuck up on him <laughs> and he screamed like a bitch. And it was so great. It was one of the greatest jump scares. Like everybody who he plays scary stuff, but he screams like he gets he jumps and gets scared. And it's so funny. Um, but yeah, so it's just it's, come on, Dead by Daylight. Like you're doing everything else, right? Like, can we just fix the cues? Like, just just fix the cues. Okay. I don't want to wait in 18 lines and then be like, okay, it's time for you to go. And then it's like, I've lost interest in playing. Like I start playing other things on my phone while I wait is basically what's happening. <laughs> like I legit will do crossword puzzles or I will play games on my phone while I wait, or maybe play dead by daylight mobile on my phone while I wait. And, um, so Oh, okay. So I have work stories this week, but I wanted to get into one more thing that I was watching. I actually was watching. Um, okay, here we go. So I wanted to stay with the theme of like horror stuff. And I was watching Unfriended the Dark Web because we watched the first one. And it, it was basically about a friend who committed suicide and like the demon was plaguing the internet. <laughs> That's basically what happened. Um but the second one was weirder and more strange, and I feel like more 
real than the first one because it's it's the dark web, so there's a lot of there's a lot of sketchy things involved. This guy finds a laptop in a cyber cafe he's been hanging out at, and it was in the lost and found for the past couple of weeks. Apparently, he was been he's been scoping it out this whole time, and he decides that he is going to take it from the cafe and he's going to take it home with him because he's working on a project, a program actually to help increase his communication with this girl who is deaf because she does sign language. So he's been working on developing a program to, um, help him communicate better with her, which is basically he records the word and then, well, he types the word in, he hits record and he signs it. Like he uses the ASL to video sign it like he'll record him signing with his hands and that'll be how he communicates with her like anytime he types in a sentence it just pulls up video of him signing for her which is cute but also at the same time it's kind of like okay next so that computer so he needed a better computer to do that program on so he found one takes it and then of course something starts happening where he starts noticing that there's his hard drive is full and then he runs a program and finds uncovered files and all this extra shit. And it gets to the point where he realizes that there is a quote unquote contributions, which is videos of things happening to women that's on this laptop. So he picked up the devil's laptop. <laughs> he picked up the devil's laptop. Okay. So basically, um, he, uh, he says that he's going to go back to the cyber cafe and give the laptop back to the person because he contacts him, the person's laptop, like the owner of the laptop contacts him through someone else's Facebook profile. And he says, I'm going to meet you at the cyber cafe, bring the laptop. And then this will all be over. Like this will all be finished whatever. So of course he doesn't do that. And he sits, he's sitting with his friends. It's supposed to be game night. So they're supposed to be playing games together via Skype. And um, he changes his mind about returning the laptop after telling his friends he found it and he was going to go return it. And there was some fucked up stuff on it that he showed them. So now they're a party to the situation. And then one by one, they start getting picked off by this group called The Circle. And they, um, they go through this program called The River and they're all named Charon, whatever. And Charon is the guy who captained the boat of the, um, captains the ship that brings you to the, over the river sticks, whatever. The river sticks is what you would cross to die. Um, in Greek mythology, anyway, as I remember it. Could be wrong. I have like a lot of useless stuff stuck in my head still from video games and school, apparently. <laughs> Which, you know, you never really pay attention to those kind of things back then, but of course now you do. Net, like things like that come up. So, <laughs> so they decide, um, they're told that nobody hangs up. If anybody hangs up, they would kill his girlfriend. So one of the girls was from the movie, get out. She plays the maid and get out and, uh, she's in it and she starts to call the cops. So what they do is, you know, the only way this guy can communicate with the main character is through his deaf girlfriend's Facebook. So when she loses signal on the train, he has to like get everyone to shut the fuck up and be like, everything you saw on that laptop is real. We have to play this game. Otherwise they're going to kill this girl. Her name's Amaya. So 
they're like, we're all going to play the game. We're all going to do as they say. So then nothing happens to her. And then this guy wants to be super triggered by it, by what video he saw of this last girl that went missing, whose Facebook page, this guy was manipulating via the internet to be speaking to him. And when I say manipulated is because he wasn't physically in the room with this person using her Facebook. He was doing it as if he was an entity of the internet. (laughs) Okay. So he was able to send messages through there and then also delete them so that Amaya wouldn't see them. And the chick that went missing, her name was Erica Dunn. And he didn't realize on her Facebook that she was missing until he scrolled down and saw it. And then of course, you know, he gets all ballsy with it. And he goes, listen to me, if you don't return her, he said, if my girlfriend gets here safe, you can have your money back. So he basically goes into his Bitcoin wallet and drains it of everything and puts it in his own Bitcoin wallet. And, uh, he decides he's going to hold on to that money. It's 10 million us dollars, by the way. And the only way that I knew that is because the two dorks in the movie <laughs> figured it out, figured out the exchange rate super fast. So, um, they figured out the exchange rate of the Bitcoin in the wallet to be 10, $10.6 million, I think. So then, um, of course the guy gets mad and he goes, they're going to think they, I drained my account. Why would you do that? And he was like, when you return Erica Dunn to her house, you can have your money back and my girl better be safe or you'll never see this money ever again. So I'm like, sir, I know what you think you're doing. And I know you think you're doing the right thing here. In this instance, that is like the worst thing you could possibly do. Cause that's like trying to put out a fire with gasoline (laughs) because what happens is, is that they start to get suspicious of this guy now. Charon six. Yeah. Charon, Charon six, I think is what his name is or Charon four, something stupid. And everybody else in that circle group has a, has Charon whatever. And then the number that they're associating with their name. So, um, So Amaya is still traveling this whole time. And after this guy breaks the news to them that everything they saw on the laptop is real and we better play by their fucking rules so we don't get killed, da da da. They go back to playing like normal. And then, of course, when the green bubble goes away on the Facebook, they start talking about what they're going to do and this and that. And um, the black chick, I forget what her name is. The, the black chick in the movie, she said, I'm going to go to the train station and I'm going to try and cut them off at the pass, whatever. But it's like everything they tried to do to try and better this situation only made it worse, which is typical of a scary movie. Horror, I should say, because it wasn't scary. It's just weird. And this is why I don't fuck around on the Internet. <laughs> um, they uh, These people in the circle somehow manipulate the Internet or they look like they're glitches from the internet somehow come to life and, you know, start killing everybody. So, yeah. So it just so happens, you know, that they get down to the last person. I'm not going to tell you what happens, but the movie was really weird. And if you'd felt weird about the, in- about the internet before, you'll feel even more weird now. So I have to tell you. I'm so glad though to be halfway through this week because, um, it's just been, it's, it's a weird week so far and I don't know why last week was hectic, crazy this week today, especially was really slow. I got to tell you while I am playing, while I am, you know, waiting in between phone calls or I'm on hold or whatever, I'm playing video games. I'm playing PlayStation. 
If you think I'm sitting here doing nothing, waiting for someone to call me, uh uh-uh. I am kicking ass in Spider-Man right now. That's what I've been doing in between calls. I, I shit you not. That and that game control. Hold on one moment. I'm getting a message. Okay. All right. Usually I tell people I'm, uh, usually I don't tell people I'm recording and everybody hits me up. So let's see here. Oh my God. I can't really hop into a discord right now. Hang on. Recording my podcast. Sorry guys. Recording my podcast. Okay. All right. So I answered that message. Um, all right. Um, dark web shit for real does freak me out though. Like especially hackers and the amount of shit they know. Like two of the guys were so up on Bitcoin and stuff. It freaked me out. Like do guys, are guys the only ones that know what Bitcoin is about? Cause I don't know what Bitcoin is, but I want no parts of it either. Cryptocurrencies. I know nothing about. I don't think that I have the brain capacity to figure out any more currency. <laughs> um, I got to tell you that, um, let me see how much. Okay. I got to tell you, I keep seeing the ad for those OctoBuddy things. And I'm telling you right now, I kind of want one. <laughs> they have a buy one, get for free. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with five of these? But it's like five of them for 30 bucks. Can't really beat it. So, um, okay. <laughs> so another thing, I've been just watching so much TV and so many movies and stuff. I got to tell you, um, I am watching this show. I watched Clarice, which is good because it takes place in 1993 or four. I think it's three. And it takes place right after what happened with Buffalo Bill and the girl down the well and all that. So, um, it follows her career after that because Buffalo Bill kind of made her career. So now there it's, it's a nice little change of pace to see how she does after that. Cause some, some part of me always wanted to know, well, what happened to her after that? Um, so it shows how she's coping with PTSD and still being on the force. And you still see her having flashbacks of when, you know, put the lotion on the skin and everything and coming to terms with the fact that, you know, she is a survivor and the chick that she saved is a survivor, even though she doesn't feel that way. It's been good so far. It's kind of interesting. It actually had me watching it. Like, you know, sometimes you'd just be looking at your phone or playing something on your phone or, you know, texting somebody. I was just straight up watching that show. I was straight up watching TV and I haven't done that in a very long time, but it was nice to just tune everything else out. And, you know, Sunday, I kind of just sat on the couch all day and watched TV. Because then after those few episodes were finished, um, by the way, that show has a nice conspiracy in it. So if anyone wants to check it out, it's called Clarice. Uh, I watched The Stand also by Stephen, that show that was created by that book by Stephen King, the book of the same name anyway. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård plays like the devil, I guess. Uh, they have James Marsden in it and Amber Hood, Amber Heard, ugh, yuck. Uh, she is the worst. Greg Kinnear's in it. Heather Graham is in it, but Heather Graham was in it briefly, but it's basically like, uh, it's probably one of the last things you should watch during a pandemic only because a super flu takes over and wipes out everybody on the planet, except for a select few, a select few are immune to it. They call it captain trip crap, captain trip disease or something. 
Um, but in any case, James Marsden is immune to it and everybody else is. And, um, will Goldberg plays this character called mother Abigail. And she, um, she through dreams is recruiting people to help her run this community. Um, and Alexander Skarsgård is also recruiting people to be on his side to fight those people. So it's going to get interesting. I'm only three or four episodes in. But of course, Amber Heard has to be in love with Alexander Skarsgård's character, right? She just has to. Because she is the devil, kind of, for what she's doing to Johnny Depp. That's how I feel about it. That's where I stand on that. I don't like fake accusations from women. It makes me not trust them, really. <laughs> like, I trust people until they give me a reason not to. Like, I always give people the benefit of the doubt until I don't. Or until I've personally experienced something. Like, sometimes it'll be hearsay, but if I've personally experienced some wrongdoing from somebody, that's it. It's over. Over. Go to bed. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that show's been pretty good. So they show flashbacks of... Right now, I'm on the third episode, and they're showing flashbacks of how these people what happened to these people when this pandemic originally hit. So they show the first episode of the guy who's now writing stories in this community. They show everybody in the beginning going through this church and clearing it out of all the bodies and stuff. And then they flash back to his life before the pandemic. And then after the pandemic, when everybody's dead and how he meets the other chick, that's also part of the, the leaders of the community, whatever. So there's just a lot going on. Um, they keep, they flash back a lot, but it all makes sense in the end of the episode. Um, but it, it's good so far. It's interesting. Um, but again, not something you should probably watch during a pandemic only because it kind of feels like that's what's happening now, except it's people aren't dead in the middle of the street. Um, so, okay. So work stuff. <laughs> so the past few days, I'm trying to figure out why it is that people don't know how to shut the fuck up. Like I only say that in the nicest way possible because when I ask for help, I don't talk over the person who's helping me. Like people will call. So the first three things is the first thing you need to do is do the greeting. You introduce yourself. You say that the call is being recorded. You give your name. So you say, thank you for calling. Then you say, this call's being recorded. Then you say, hi, my name is. And then you go, can I have the loan number? So it's like four little things in that one or two sentences. So I love how when one of the first things that doesn't happen is getting the loan ID. <clears throat> getting the loan ID. Okay. One of the first things that happens is you steamroll me with bullshit. And then I have to ask you for your information again. And you have to tell me what you're calling about all over again, because I'm not listening the first time. You know why? Because I didn't ask you any of that. I asked you for the loan number. And it might sound like I'm being mean. I'm just being honest in what I'm asking for. And you're not giving me the right information, so I can't help you yet. That's basically it. If I say all that stuff to you and you go... Yeah, my name is so and so, and I'm calling from da da da, and I need to know if da 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 like that's where that goes in my head. So then I go, "Can I have the loan number, please, that you're calling for?" And right then and there, they snap back into focus and get me the loan ID, and I'm like, "And how can I help you again?" 
Because you're goddamn right. I'm not listening to what you said the first time. And you can be mad all you want if you have to repeat it, but you're going to repeat it because unless you want my help, you're just going to, you're going to have to comply. Like today I got a phone call from this guy who wanted to know if we were sending him fishing emails, PH, by the way, not fish, like the things you see in a lake or pond or whatever, fishing like spam. And I was like, no, sir, we are a legitimate mortgage servicing company, but I need you to provide me with three points of verification. Otherwise I cannot help you. And he goes, well, how do I know that you're not, um, you're not going to take my identity or anything right now. And I'm like, sir, I just said to you, this was a legitimate company. You're talking to a real person, not an automated response system. I mean, I don't know what else I can do or say for you, but I can't give you any information about this loan until you confirm who you are. And he was like, well, I received an email earlier, you know, telling me to call this number if I had any questions because the loan had been transferred over to you guys. And I'm like, okay, well, what is your first and last name? He gave it to me. I put it in. Nothing came up. Then of course he gave me a property address that I didn't understand. So I asked for it, asked for it a couple times. And then he's like, I said, sir, is there any other information you can give me that can help identify you? Some people give their social. We're not allowed to ask for that. And he was like, um, I said, is there a phone number associated with the account? And he goes, no, there's no phone number associated with the account. And I said, well, sir, I feel like we've exhausted all routes here. We've, we exhaust, we've exhausted all different and areas here. I don't know what else I can do to help you because I cannot identify your, I cannot confirm your identity. So I can't give you any information on this loan because I was able to pull him up, but I just couldn't speak to him about the loan because he wasn't giving me anything to go with. And I said, and he goes, well, do you send any correspondence through the mail through postage? And I said, absolutely. And he goes, well, then I will wait for that. And I said, sir, if that's what you choose to do, that is up to you. And he goes, yep, that's what I'm going to do. And I said, okay, well, uh, I apologize for the inconvenience and thank you for calling and have a great day. And I hung up, dude, you're not going to fucking play me. Okay. You are not going to play me because I'm going to tell you right now, I can play this game better than you. (laughs) I can play this game better than you. And then this other guy wanted to argue semantics with me yesterday over a letter having to do with biweekly payments. And he was like, well, what's the benefit of it? And I said, well, it waives your, it waives any, waives any fees on the account. Um, the two payments a month, sometimes three payments a month will total one more mortgage payment per, per year, which pays the loan off quicker. And he's like, well, that's not what that says in the letter. What says in the letter that I was, that I was shown the form for the biweekly is that one half of the payment sits unapplied until the other half of the payment mortgage payment is received. Then it combines to form the one payment. And then it is processed as my monthly payment. He goes, so therefore I'm making one payment. And I said, but you're not sir, if that account is auto drafting it twice a month. And he's like, well, your letter doesn't seem to make sense. He's like, I'm not coming at you personally, but I'm just letting you know that management needs to work on the wording of their biweekly forms because it doesn't make sense the way it's, it's being presented. And he goes, and it's not a personal attack against you or anything. He's like, you've been great dealing with me and you were actually perfect in answering my questions, but that is not what I was told by other representatives. And it is not what is stated in the letter. And I'm like, well, I apologize for any confusion. Is there anything else I can help you with? And he goes, no, you've been great. Thank you for uh, helping me with this and have a great day. And I was like, you too, sir. Like, what is wrong with everybody? 
I'm not anyone but the middleman here. I am just answering the phone. (laughs) This other lady wanted to argue with me about having her um, mortgage insurance removed. Girl, (laughs) like property mortgage insurance, get away from me. Like you can't wait till September to get that automatically removed. You'd rather fight this. And then another woman called today wanting to fight me because, you know, wanting to argue with me, not fight me physically, but she wanted to argue with me about, um, (laughs) about why her bill was so high. And I explained to her, well, you have a you have legal fees and you have late fees that have been accrued on this account. She goes, well, I was told I didn't have to pay the legal fees if I brought my account current. And I said, well, you're going to have to speak to someone in a different department about that because I don't see that in the comments here. Because under the comment section is where you would look for all the conversational history that's happened with this account. And nowhere does it say that she was told that she didn't have to pay that. So I said, here's a number. They open at 8 a.m. and they're there till 6 p.m. You can call between those hours and get any of the information you want. Like, people are so friggin' wild. Like, I don't even understand how that goes. Like, I don't understand how that works, how people just think they don't have to pay something. Like, who would tell someone they don't have to pay a legal fee? That's like me having a lawyer getting acquitted of whatever crime I commit and then being like, well, thanks, since you completed your job, you don't have, I don't have to pay you because I went free. I'd only have to pay you if I actually got committed of the crime, if I actually get like booked. Like what? That's not how that works. If there's a legal fee, there's a legal fee and you can dispute that all you want, but I'm sure at the end of the day, you're going to have to pay that. Cause I had another person even look at this account and she was like, mm, don't think that's right. Give her the, give her the number for this department. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's interesting to work from home because I've never done it before. This is my first time doing that. I have done it in increments for when I worked for access physical therapy and wellness, because you could pick a day or two to work from home. Um, and you had a laptop and stuff. Me, I have a full blown desktop over here that they gave me to use with two monitors, keyboard, mouse, headset, webcam, and all the cords and everything. So, um, it was just, it's interesting to me because I've never worked from home this much and it's kind of okay, but it's also isolating at the same time. Like we chat on teams with each other, people that I work with and they're fun, but they're also, um, they're very cool, but sometimes it's like, all right, enough already. Like some of the questions are finally getting to the point where they're newer questions. They're not the same things that we learned in training. So I'm kind of okay with it, but, um, But yeah, so, you know, like, just stop talking over me. Like, if you want my help and you want me to take you seriously, let me get my words in. Let me get my script in, okay? So many people just, you know, want what they want and they want it now. I can't help you if you don't give me information I need to to pull this loan up. And there's so many people calling with new loans that aren't even giving me any numbers. So it's like, well, you have between the 1st and the 16th to make your payment with no late fee. So call back anytime between that date range. Someone can instantly take that payment from you over the phone. So you won't be charged a late fee and you won't have to mail anything in. You'll also be able to get your loan information so that you can sign up and register your account on the internet to do all your transactions through email or online through the portal. Like it's just simple things. And it's just, it's, it's really stupid to have to correct people on how to properly speak to individuals. 
because I could be in the process of answering one question and someone will have asked me 20 questions in one breath. Like, ma'am, if you don't give me a minute to like pray for you or like pray for your soul with either, you know, Jesus or the devil, whichever way you're going in this phone conversation, seems like you're headed more towards hell, but I won't be the judge of that because I'm not Satan's mistress. So, um, (laughs) so anyway, there's a lot of devil talk in this episode. Maybe all the Christians should skip this one. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But in any case, um, wow. Got close to an hour this time. Uh, it's getting better. So it's going to be on time this week. So I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, also Crystalia shared a video on Instagram of his son And then a separate one of him asking his mom if the sippy cup was grandparent proof, which I thought was really funny because they couldn't seem to open the sippy cup to give their grandson anything to drink. So it's like, okay, are you coming back? (laughs) Like, don't tease me this year. I need something good. And then I was talking to my mom about it downstairs because she was watching CNN. And um, I was like, he's missed out on so much commentary. I was like, with this whole Cuomo scandal with the sex, uh, the sexual harassment stuff, first of all, that guy should retire already. Okay. Like with everything he's done with the nursing home shit, he definitely should have retired after the nursing home shit. Um, so yeah, but, um, now he's got some sexual harassment case with three different women saying that he sexually harassed them. And he's like, well, I'm not going to resign. And we're like, well, why not? Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of being in the news all the time? Like, Chris D'Elia has missed so many things. He's missed the election. He's missed this shit now. And I'm like, and that's what really upsets me is that we could be having so much fun laughing at this ridiculousness that is the political society in our country. But we have to just sit here and just deal with it like normal peasants. Because we, you know, we have nobody to make us laugh over it. I'm, I'm not funny enough to make you laugh over politics because I am not a smart enough person to be up on politics. When there's a headline that grabs my attention, that's the stupid stuff I relate to you guys. This podcast is not about making you smarter, by the way. (laughs) If you didn't already know, I have no intention of making anyone smarter on this podcast. So that's all I'm going to say. But um, thank you guys for listening as we're closing in on the hour mark. (laughs) I'm going to keep watching garbage TV and report back. Um, I love you guys. And... uh, I'll catch you guys next week with some more interesting or non-interesting things. Hopefully, Crystalia makes a comeback so I can have something to watch on YouTube between now and then. Otherwise, it's just still old, stupid episodes, which I still think are hilarious. But um, I can't wait for the ones, especially with his brother, because they're so funny. They just go at each other like birds, like, like back and forth to each other. It's really funny. But yes, so thank you for listening. Um, I love you guys, and I look forward to talking to you guys every week. Because now I feel better about my day and I'm probably, you know, I don't want to work out, but I'm probably gonna to get my body moving because I've been sitting around. I've literally been sitting all day long. I'm even sitting right now. But, um, again, thank you for listening. Um, I love you guys and I will be back next week with more fuckery. (laughs) Um, Again, whenever you're listening to this, as usual, you guys know what to do. Keep it cuckoo in 2021. Love you guys. Bye.